Hey everyone, I'm That Guy in Hutch, Jason Probst, and thanks for listening to That Podcast in Hutch. In just a few days, most of us will celebrate Christmas, and I saw this as an opportunity to do something a little bit out of the ordinary. Instead of sitting down with just one guest, as I normally do, I set up at Crow and Company and I asked people to come down on a Saturday morning and tell me their Christmas stories. I didn't know who might show up or if anyone at all would take time to let me record them for just a few minutes while they shared a story about Christmas. I have to tell you, I was overjoyed with response. Ten people shared their stories, although admittedly one of them, four-year-old Athena, was more interested in the recording equipment and the shop dog, Ollie, than anything else. But it's been a real pleasure and honor that so many people were willing to visit with me and share their stories. And I want to thank everyone who participated and who helped make this episode happen. As I listened back through the stories, there was a clear theme that hit me. It's amazing how all these people with all their different experiences and perspectives produce this sort of overarching theme in each tale that they told. Now I'm going to let you listen to these stories and let them unfold for you the way that they unfolded for me. And then I'll come back at the end of the episode and see if we heard maybe sort of the same thing. So I'm going to turn these loose on you now, and I hope that you enjoy Christmas stories from the people who came down to Crow and Company and were nice enough to share those stories with me. We are recording. Can I have you start with your saying your name? My name is Tammy Gilly. Okay, and you live in Hutchinson? I live in Hutchinson, yes. Okay, well, go ahead and tell me what your Christmas story is. I really don't know where to start because I've had so many good Christmas experiences, but it all started with my grandmother. Um, my grandparents were very poor. They lived at the corner of Sea and Severance in what used to be a boxcar, and it was made into it was made into their home. And they raised eight children in that house. And so my dad was one of the older siblings, and um, Christmas was a very important time for my grandma because my grandma, as a child, when she was 15, was sent off to work to help send money back home to her family. And one of the few times that they could get together is at Christmas time. So as she raised her children, that remained one of our family traditions that we stay together at Christmas time. And uh, because there were so many of us, there were actually 32 people by the time you count all of the siblings and their wives and their children. And obviously we could not have Christmas at a boxcar and we all lived in pretty small homes at the time. So my grandparents would rent the old clubhouse down at Cary Park. Um, it was a green two-story building and we would rent that. So from the time I was very young until I was about 10 or 12, that's where we would have our Christmas dinners. And then later on when my grandmother, um, her children were grown, she was able to afford a nicer home. So she bought a two-story house on A Street. And by that time I was a teenager and we went to, we would go to her house there and we would have Christmas. And she always made Christmas very special. Um, my grandmother was a nurse at 
Hutchison Hospital, and there were a lot of times that she worked second shift. So the whole family would be there, and we would be waiting for her to get off at 11 o'clock at night, and we would be together. And just over the years, there were just so many different things that we did as a family during Christmas time. Um, I remember one Christmas that we we got together, my husband, it was my, my husband's first year to be a part of our family, and he was just amazed because by that time, we the grandkids had children, mm -hmm. and there were close to almost a hundred of us. And we're, here we are in this two-story house and having Christmas, and my grandma always, no matter how, I don't know how she did it, but no matter how broke she always was, everybody got a gift. Wow. And so, um, it may be just be a pair of gloves, or my grandpa would always give everybody, all the women, a bowl, and it had fruit or something in it. But it was a lot for them because there were so many people, and they were just they were just so amazing. They would say my grandma would buy things all throughout the year, not just at Christmas time, and she would tuck them away so everybody would have a gift at that time of year. And the other thing that they did that my husband was very amazed at was um, the boys would take out a little change purse and they would pass it around. So grandma could have a Christmas also. And so all of the boys would, they'd stick money in this change purse. And so my husband, he was just amazed when we first got married about how that happened. And he, he felt the love of our family. Um, he felt that something special. When we, when they would do that. What's your grandma's name? Uh, my grandma's name was Mildred Bronner. Okay. And how has that carried forward to your family now? I mean, she she's probably gone now. So how she does she live gone. on in your family at Christmas? Uh, we still have our Christmas on Christmas Eve, like we always did, and we all get together on Christmas Eve, and everybody gets a gift. It may not be a lot, but it's something, and we do the traditional things that we used to do in our family. So, As a kid, getting that gift from your grandma and seeing all those people together and, and knowing how important that was, how did that make you feel as a, as a kid? It, I, feel like, I feel like I was blessed because it wasn't about the gift, it was about the love. And that's what Christmas is. That's what Christmas is all about. It's about it's about that love, and it was just that love that was passed down through her to each one of us that we continue to pass down to our kids, and um, even to the great grandkids, the great great grandchildren. Now is still the same. It's the same thing. We still get together, and we still make sure that Christmas Eve is our time for our family to get together. That's a beautiful story. Thanks for coming in and sharing that today. Thank you. I'm Robbie Fall. I live here in Hutchinson. Okay, tell me your Christmas story. Actually, I have two, both of them pretty brief, because uh, you had asked about things we continue to do. Uh, my family lived in South Hutchinson when I was in first through fifth grades. And back, back then in the 50s, Countryside was where all of the doctors and lawyers lived. And they had the most gorgeous, lighted, 
lighting in town at the time and my parents would always one night during the Christmas season load my brother and me up and we'd go from South Hutch up to the north end of Hutch and look at Christmas lights. And that is something that I have continued to do no matter where I lived. In fact, when I was a, uh, an active pastor after the Christmas Eve service was over, I would drive around whatever town I was in just to look at the lights uh, because it reminded me so much of my childhood. The other thing is that growing up, one thing we always did every Christmas Eve was to read the Christmas story from the Bible. And uh, that is something that I've continued to do throughout my life, simply because that's what it's all about. So. Tell me about when you were when you were young and you did that and you guys would get in the car and go down to countryside. Um, kind of walk through that a little bit. Were you kids are in the back seat? You're in the back seat. Um, Dad usually driving because he always drove. Uh, and uh, it was just a, a nice evening because we would cross the river and drive all the way up Main Street to get into the, the main entrance to countryside and uh, uh, just drive around. And I, I still remember when I go up in there for any reason how windy the roads are up there, the streets are, and uh, even still go up there sometime during the Christmas season to look, even though it's not just the doctors and the lawyers there anymore, that uh, uh, they still do really nice lighting up there, uh, the individuals who live there. So That area had the... Um the one that had all the mechanical stuff, yes. right? And uh, that wasn't be, when I was a kid, but, but I, later. I sure enjoyed that when I came back to Hutchinson as an adult, um, and was sad to see it come to an end. But you know, people move on, people pass on, yeah. and things change. Uh, I think that's one reason holding on to those little little traditions mean so much to a lot of people is it's a way of holding on when things have changed and in the last two years things have changed so much for all of us that, yes. that I think we're all inclined to hold on to little little traditions that take us back to when times were simpler yes and so you still do you still go around town now I and look at do. lights? I haven't yet. I was waiting for this week, and after the windstorm the other day, I thought I may have waited too long. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, I, I will before the week is out. Make Until, a long trip around around town. Around yeah, town. It's a nice way to spend the evening, and and as a parent, it, it's best with kids. I I'm love sure doing it, is. it with kids. Tell me about the Christmas story. Did you guys all kind of get together in like a living room and? and we, my mother was an RN and worked the night shift, so she off once we got past Santa. Uh, she often worked Christmas Eve, so uh, rather than make us wait until she got home at seven thirty or eight o'clock the next morning to open gifts, we opened gifts on Christmas Eve. Okay. And. Uh, before we could open our gifts, we had to remember what this was all about. And so we would read the Christmas story 
when I was really little, mom read it. Um, and then as I got to the point where I could manage all of those words in what was then the King James Bible, <laughs> uh, I started to do the reading and my brother would do some of it when he got older too. I'm, I'm curious and I want to ask this question. You, you had this tradition where you read the Christmas story and you've been a, a, a pastor mm -hmm. uh, for a good part of your career. It, what is at its core the message of Christmas? My favorite Christmas reading is not the Christmas story, but it's the prologue to John's Gospel, which says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. And word is capitalized, and Word refers to Jesus. Um, and that whole passage talks about the coming of light into darkness. And that is what I see as being essential to this season is a time of hope that there is light still ahead to come and um, whatever your beliefs there is a, a central thing a theme of light uh, this year the first Sunday of Advent coincided with the first night of Passover mm. not Passover excuse me Hanukkah uh -huh. And Hanukkah is about lighting candles, just as Advent is uh, lighting candles is representative mm -hmm. of uh, what Advent is about. And for some reason, that really struck me this year that how many million candles were being lighted mm -hmm. on that last Sunday of November, uh, as two great religions celebrated. Uh, a major holiday or the coming of it yeah, on their calendars. Uh, white, hope, and love. That's, that's it. That's, that's it. great. Yeah. And if there was ever a time we needed all of those things, it's right it's now. now. It's now. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you for coming and sharing your story with me. You're most welcome. Thank you. Okay. Uh, say your name and where you live into the microphone. Uh, Hardy Hutchinson, Hutchinson, Kansas. All right. Go ahead and tell me your Christmas story. Well, I guess I got the story I have is um, I got to spend uh, Christmas of 1977 uh, on a yacht. On a yacht? On a yacht. I spent a good portion of the day, at least 12 hours. Where was that? It was, uh, the, the, the yacht was uh, in... Uh, Alawai Yacht Harbor uh -huh. in Honolulu, and uh, uh, I had uh, worked for a I worked for a security guard company hmm. called Hawaii Pacific uh, Hawaii Protective Association, and uh, I had uh, just gotten out of the military. You know, I'd been in Kentucky, and I just got back, and uh, so that was one of the first jobs I grabbed. It was like, oh, my dad had a friend. Uh, 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 a guy who owned a company, a number of companies, you know, and one of them was the Hawaii Protective Association. And so they hired me on as a security guard. <laughs> and so this was during the, uh, what do you call the, uh, 
uh, savings and loan crisis. There's always all these financial crises all the time. Well, this is a savings and loan crisis, 77, 78, and all that. And uh, so the savings and loans, uh, uh, you know, uh, there was a lot of people that bought a lot of stuff that they couldn't afford, mm-hmm. obviously. So this had been repossessed and was sitting in the Yacht Harbor, and they needed somebody to guard it overnight. So I guarded from 12 in the night, midnight to 12 in the morning. And that was on Christmas. On Christmas Day. On Christmas Day. So that's how I spent my Christmas Day. It could have been the other way. I may, may have been 12 noon to 12 midnight, but it was a 12-hour shift. Generally did 12-hour shifts for the security guard because... You just sat around and really did nothing. You wait for some guy to Hawaii Five OU or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I have known each other for a number of years, oh, yeah. and and for people who are listening, you you grew up in Hawaii, right? Right. right? Born and raised, part Hawaiian. Yeah. And so then you went away and you and you came back, and then um, tell me. So what did you do? How did you celebrate, or did you just hang out on a yacht i just uh, there was just me and uh, you and, you know the sh- the yacht itself was like you could tell it was somebody who bought something they couldn't afford because it hadn't been taken care of properly and so <laughs> it wasn't like a real real pleasant experience or anything it was just that i needed something to do and i just like i said i just gotten out of the army and uh i'd spent i'd been in bloomington indiana for a number of months before and I got back in September of '77, uh, and that's when I hi- hired on as a security guard. <laughs> and then that was that was just one I wound up get, ha- having a number of jobs. you know, back then. Yeah, overtime there. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, I've always worked like two or three jobs. Oh, know? I know you have. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I used to deliver the papers for the Hutch News for eight years during during the early uh, the mid '84 uh, to '89. Yeah. Yeah, you've always done a lot. So, thinking about that time you spent on a yacht um, on on Christmas, <laughs> on Christmas, it's because because you know um, uh, I had to go. You know, it's very expensive living in Hawaii. You know, so uh, I I just uh, you know family lives with family, and so I I was home just living with my mom and. You know, you're 20, 23, 24, 25 years old almost, and it's like, okay, <laughs> I, I don't need to be here very often. And so, you know, I just wound up <clears throat> job, job. I, I managed a, a sub sandwich place, you know, delivered sub sandwiches mm-hmm. and stuff like that, all at the same time. Are there, I'm curious now that we're talking about this, are there Christmas traditions in Hawaii, in Hawaii? that are different than the well, mainland? Uh, Hawaii. Santa delivers Christmas presents from a surfboard. <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, you know, there's other things. I I, I was in like uh, concertly, and we you know uh, we sang, we sang, we had a Christmas program. It would have been seventy, seventy one. That would have been seventy one. And well, you know, being being you know, it's a Hawaiian Hawaiian Kamehameha was a school for Hawaiians mm-hmm. and part Hawaiians, and I'm being part of wine and it's private school and you know you, gotta, you there's a lot of things you know so anyway yeah I was there singing we were singing uh, concertly and we pull uh, EA pull Kamanao is Silent Night can you sing it in Hawaiian? Um, it's been years, so I wouldn't want to try. Now. <laughs> it's been years since there are certain things that I, I, I try, but I wouldn't want to try it right. Here <laughs> yeah. 
Melikalikimaka is the thing to say. That's about <laughs> yeah, the safest that I can do because you hear that from Bing Crosby all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but yeah, uh, oh, mom, mom spent Christmas, <laughs> uh, I believe, uh, uh, 1940, Christmas of 1941, Christmas of 1941, on a ship in the Pacific. Either headed to or headed back from California. Oh wow! Uh, I don't know how they celebrated on the ship, but they had, uh, you know, they, Pearl Harbor had been attacked, and so they they uh, they uh, uh, evacuated civilians to California, and so they they all got on a ship. My mom and my grandmother, f- friends of theirs, and they all headed off to California, and because that's where grand grandmother and granddad had originally come from. And uh, they headed back to California. And once they got to California, said, well, they left Granddad back in Hawaii. And they said, we're not going to stay there. So I don't know if they even got off the ship. But they, they may have just turned right turned back around. Right, uh, telling me about all their zigzagging and stuff, you know, to avoid submarines and oh, all yeah. kinds of stuff. It was, <laughs> but, yep, that was my mom's Christmas, I think, in 1940, 1941. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, thank you for coming down today and sharing some of your yeah, stories. Yeah, not with a problem. Me. I appreciate no problem. it, Hardy. All right, thank you. Have a great day. Merry Christmas, Malikalikimaka. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Uh, my name's Jordan Becker, and I live in Hutchison, Kansas. Okay, and can you tell me how old you are? Fourteen. Okay. Is your mom going to be okay with this? Yeah. Okay. All right, go ahead and tell me your Christmas story or any story around Christmas. Okay, so one time, me and my friend were going shopping at the mall, okay, and for Christmas, and she's, okay, and you know how the mall used to have, like, these little thingies with, like, prizes in them, like the little game thingies? Mm-hmm. Okay, so she was trying to win something for her brother, and she didn't, she lost, because those things are, like, they just always... They just always, eat your money. Yeah. Okay, and she, um... She shook the thingy, okay, and the alarm went off, and we all started, like, running, kind of, and then, yeah, it was pretty scary. How many do I have to tell? Like, two, one? Oh, you can tell any story you want, or okay. as many. Well, wait, I have a question, though. The alarm went off, but the machine didn't break, right? No, it didn't break, but it was scary, and we ran. We ran into Bath and, Bath and Body Works, because it was, like, right next to it, but she was allergic to, like soaps and stuff some kinds of soap so we had to leave there and we went to Ulta Beauty and then we saw a security guard or something like that and it scared us and we ran back out (laughs) it was (laughs) yeah and then we had her mom come pick us up and then one Christmas we were all me and my family we were all in like the um, living room and we just got done opening presents and my sister got a tablet and she when she opened it she screamed really really loud and it was pretty funny and then she's like got up and like started doing a happy dance and stuff it was when she first screamed did you think something was wrong no. Was it that kind of scream, or was it like, oh, she's so excited about... Yeah, oh, she was so excited. It was it was funny. Yeah. Yeah. And then my parents yelled at her because she screamed really loud. <laughs> but, yeah. Do you like Christmas? Yeah. Christmas is okay. 
I mean, I'm happy that I get to see a bunch of family members. Like, my grandma, she lives in Nebraska, and sometimes we'll go up and see her, or she'll come down here and see us and stuff like that, so. So the best part is getting to see family? Yeah. That's great. Well, thanks for telling me your Christmas story. <laughs> You're welcome. My name is Caitlin Norton. I am 14 years and I live in Hutchinson, Kansas. All right. You want to tell me your Christmas story? Um, so when it was on a Christmas Eve, I was with my stepdad at the time, and my older brother had to use the restroom, and he was half asleep, so he didn't know where he was going, and he accidentally went on the bags of trash bags. <laughs> is he? How old was he? He he was a couple years older than me. Okay. But he didn't know where he was going? No, he was half asleep. Oh. Did he think he was in the bathroom? I think so. <laughs> I found about it the and next day. It Was that Christmas Day? Christmas Eve. So when you woke up on Christmas Day, is that when you found out? Yeah. Well, how, how was the reaction to that? Funny. Funny? The, the family get a laugh out of that? Yeah, he did. That's funny. Um, what, do you, what do you like about Christmas? Hanging out with family, the lights. Do you guys go around and look at lights? Yeah. Yeah. And then family, do you have a lot of family that gets together? I have a lot of family, yes. <laughs> That's good. Well, thanks for sharing your Christmas story you. with me. You're welcome. we got to make sure that one is on red all the time, okay? Okay, so... <laughs> We would make all kinds of treats leading up to Christmas, way more than anybody could ever eat. I mean, like cookies of every type. She always made this date nut roll that literally nobody touched but her. Um, and just sugar cookies, no-bake cookies, peanut clusters, so many treats. And then she would have the whole family over on Christmas for Christmas lunch. Presents everywhere. And I don't know, it's just, it's been really difficult to recreate that as a mother, like yeah. to recreate that kind of magic and, and just, um, you know, those traditions and you were trying to do our, our own, like making sugar cookies and looking at Christmas lights and we do illuminations at the Botanica Gardens every year. And, um, but I don't know, it just seems like so much of those deep rooted traditions are lost from generation to generation and um, yeah I don't know if that's because in my grandmother's generation they didn't work you know the women stayed mm -hmm. home and they were they were homemakers I mean they didn't work outside the home they worked harder than anyone I know but oh, sure. they didn't um, work outside the home so they had time to really focus on on that instead of you know the day to day yeah because now it feels like a lot of people are they, they have their careers and they're working and two parents are working in a family and and then Christmas kind of gets put in wherever it fits. Yeah, they're trying to fit it in. And I mean, I find that with myself and and it was never a big deal until, you know, I had my daughter when I was almost 40. And and now it's like all of this, uh, the sense of I want to I want to do that for her. The, oh, you're always torn as a yeah. working mother or a working father. You know how it is. Um, but yeah, I just um, I miss my grandma. I wish. I wish she was alive so when my daughter was born so that she could experience those same kinds of traditions. But, you know, it's on us now. It's yeah. on our generation we to get make to, it just as special. We get to make the new ones, yeah. the new traditions and the new memories. Yeah. And Athena is here. You may have heard some, some 
various sounds, and those, some of those are courtesy of Athena, who told me earlier that her favorite thing about Christmas, and I think this is always important for all of us to remember, we make a big fuss about it, but when I sit down a four-year-old and say, what's your favorite thing about Christmas, she says it's spending time with my family. Yeah, she gets it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing your story yeah, today. Thank you, Jason. Okay, I'm going to have you start off by telling me your name and where you live. My name is Robert Rowan, and I live here in Hutchinson. All right. You want to tell me your Christmas story? I'm going to try. Uh, my wife wrote out the story in detail, and because this occurred <coughs> excuse me, back in the uh, early 1980s, my recall is, is not well. It's not good. But it goes, uh, our working title for this story back then was the bus ride from hell. <laughs> and it occurred, <clears throat> it occurred in the, um, I think in December, and, uh, but not at Christmas time, just before Christmas time. And uh, I had run out of, run out of work, I'd run out of luck, and uh, we needed to go somewhere. So we were living in Wichita, and we decided that we would go back to California, where we spent most of our adult life. And uh, we had an invitation there to stay with one of my daughters, so we decided to go. I made the worst car deal I have ever made. I had a good uh, Ford van that was unique because it had uh, access doors on both sides of the back of the vans, whereas normally you only have one. And um, I traded for a uh, one-ton uh, van, just tra traded outright. The problem was the van that I, I ended up trading to had very poor steering. So in order to, to drive it, I would have to flip the, um, the steering wheel back and forth to kind of make minor corrections. It was terrible. But we loaded it up with all our possessions, and the winter was really setting in hard, and uh, we started to go to California via the southern route, which took us down into Oklahoma. However, the roads were so bad that we, at a certain point, decided we can't do it. We, I can't make this drive. We're going to end up in the ditch. So we turned around, came back to Hutchinson, and um, at that point we realized that if we're going to get to California, we have to unload all our stuff, put it in storage, keep, um, keep what we would need to get started back in California, which would be some of my tools, because I was a carpenter, and we uh, would have to go by bus. So we were able to get a seat on um, uh, Trailways bus. I think they called it the Big Red. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah, and we started out, and it was fright. We left in at night from a bus station in Wichita, 
it was frightfully cold. It was below, it was below freezing. And the bus rolled around, um, and you know how it is when you're riding in a bus, you, you get as comfortable as you can, you try to sleep. And so that's what I was trying to do, but uh, not having much success. And uh, we were rolling along sometime in the early, early morning, and something caught my attention. I was dozing, and something caught my attention, and I listened. I couldn't hear the engine of the bus. And uh, that brought me up. That made me quite awake. And uh, I noticed the bus was starting to shift over to the right, shoulder of the road. And it came to a stop, and the bus driver said, uh, I just lost my engine. Uh, diesels, if they're not properly prepared, their fuel will, you know, get... Gel up. Gel up, yeah. yeah. And that's apparently what happened. Um, it was right at Christmas times. The bus services were overloaded with people traveling, and uh, so a and I can't remember the name of the town we were close to, but the they got word to the church. The church there got the the driver for the church's bus out, and he came over and picked us up. And we went to um, the church where the bus is from, and to uh, they have, like many churches, they have a, a, uh, a, a basement or some kind of room that they use for multi-purposes. That's where we ended up, and they made, <laughs> they made coffee and cocoa, and somebody scrounged up some, some uh, donuts, and that's what they gave us. It was just incredible. Wow. They just did it on the fly. And so we sat there for a while, and the bus people um, sent out another bus, picked up our stuff, which was all in underneath the bus. And um, at that point, we separated from our stuff. <laughs> and we got another bus. And I can't remember. I think it was still a Trailways. And we went to another city where they dropped us off at the bus station while they were frantically trying to pull in buses, anything they could get to get people to their destinations because this was a very heavy um, uh, time. It's just before Christmas and everybody needs to go someplace there. So the bus that we got was what I think is called a party bus. <laughs> it's where uh, people take the bus to go to the casinos to um, to have fun and do what. And but they had bench seats. They weren't the regular bus seats, and they were facing seats. And there was a table in between because people are just traveling for a short period of time, presumably. And. Um, so we got on, we got crammed into that bus, we got seats, but people were also sitting in the aisle. They were sitting on their luggage in the aisle of the bus, which is, you probably couldn't get away with now, but that's what was happening. So we left there, I think, no, it wasn't, uh, well, we continued west, and I don't know what road we were on, the, and it was in the middle of the night, the, uh, 
bus got us finally to, um, uh, I think, not Las Vegas, but I can't remember where it is. It was, um, where's the, the Mormon tab Tabernacle Choir? Where is there? Is that, oh, is it Salt Lake? Salt Lake. Okay. We got to Salt Lake City, and uh, we got out of the bus just to stretch and move around and maybe get something to eat. And uh, my wife and I decided to go for a walk, and we didn't know where we were, but apparently the bus station was near the uh, church, and the city had put on the choirs singing uh, Christmas carols over loudspeakers throughout the city. And so we've had this horrendous night uh, traveling by bus that broke down, by party bus, by... Uh, it, was, it was just incredible. They're very tired, very wasted, and, and then we had this walk through this beautiful... Uh, well-decorated part of the city with the Mormon choir, uh, choir singing, and we thought, wow, it's almost like we're in heaven. <laughs> but we weren't. We were, we were there in Salt Lake City. We went back to the bus station, and we finally got a, tra a um, Greyhound bus. We thought, ah, Greyhound bus, it could be, it'll be more comfortable. Um, and we started coming to uh, California, and at a certain point, uh, was during the morning, we stopped at a con uh, uh, a convenience place for to get snacks, and the bus got stuck. And the, the, uh, it was still very snowy and cold, so we ended up having. Most of the men got out of the bus, and we got behind the bus. And tried and to push it out? started to push the bus out. So this is getting really crazy. We couldn't believe this. it. Went, but the bus did get some traction. It was able to go. We got on board, and we headed. And, you know, you have to go up through the mountains. Must have been on Interstate 80, but I'm not sure. Um, we went up through the mountains, through Tahoe, came down, and as we were coming down into the uh, the uh, west side of the mountains, we could smell the ocean. Uh. And that was like, ah, we've made it. We finally made it. And so everything was just fine. It was, uh, it was just really great driving along, and it was comfortable. We weren't crammed together. Uh, and we got to Oakland and got off the expressway when going to the bus station in Oakland and we got hit by a car. Oh. And we thought, God, is this thing ever going to end? And so we had to pull off. There was, we had to fill out accident reports as to what we thought had happened. And we just, at that point, we were just, we threw our hands up in our air with the, Okay, we're here, we can smell the ocean, whatever, we don't care. <laughs> Finally, we made it to San Francisco to the bus station there, and our uh, daughter who lived in a uh, uh, small town to the west of San Francisco called Ronert Park came down, picked us up, 
and took us back to their place. And we were only a few days away from Christmas Eve. So, so did you get to celebrate Christmas Eve and Christmas with your daughter? Yes. So along the along that route, and that does sound like a bus trip from hell. And it, you must have was. thought at some point, or many points, um, maybe just turning around because it, this thing seems kind of cursed with all well, the things that had gone wrong. Yeah, we couldn't turn around because we were in the under the service of the bus yeah. uh, company. So, and they were frantic. Um, trying to get people to where they were going already our bus trip was delayed by a day yeah or maybe more i don't recall but quite a bit and um, so we had to go with the flow as they say sure the other thing that i aside from all the the mishaps along the way the other thing i hear in that story is uh people that were doing things that kind of lifted your spirits even in the the rough part of all of that yeah the the church that you know made sure you guys were uh transported somewhere warm and safe and mm -hmm. made sure you had something to drink and something to eat and the, the music and uh talk about that a little bit about how important that was in this kind of really unpleasant time these moments of i i don't know kind of moments of uh Christmas, I guess. Yeah, well, well uh, back then I was younger and uh, I could tolerate a lot of discomfort and uh, confusion. And so I go, at a certain point, you realize that this is out of your control and you need to relax yep. and do whatever the next thing is that presents itself, which is what we did, my wife and I. We were in a um, bus station prior to Salt Lake City. Uh, well, switching buses, I don't recall which, but a couple got into a dispute in the bus station. And uh, I think they actually called the police to come in. And we were just thinking, well, this is all part of our trip. <laughs> of course we would have domestic conflict. Uh, whatever this is so uh, it was more uh, an attitude of patiently following with the next thing that needed to be done and when we got to the Salt Lake City I would imagine we had quite a bit of tension uh, in our in ourselves uh, because we don't know what's happening We've already separated from our stuff, so it's whatever we brought on the bus. And uh, it was so, um, don't have a good word for it, but it was, uh, it was more than relaxing. It was uh, a welcoming, comforting feeling to walk through the Salt Lake City area, not far from the bus station, and uh, just to experience the lights that were up, mm -hmm. the music, that, which is beautiful music. Um, it brought a, a, a sense of calm and, and peace to us after this really difficult experience. Yeah, I can absolutely see and, that. And then again in Oakland, when we got rammed by a car, um, we just... 
we didn't get upset. We didn't get uh, uh, frightened. We just, uh, figuratively speaking, threw up our hands and said, well, whatever, we're here. Yeah, you made it. We made it. Yeah, over all the obstacles and everything, you yeah. made it. Yeah. That's so fantastic. It is, and there's more detail to it. Um, when we were, when we got, originally when the bus that we were traveling with here in Kansas froze up and we were taken off and the first place we went to was a uh, diner. Um, it was it was your classic greasy spoon. Mm -hmm. We saw little critters going up the wall behind the uh, the counter, and we thought this is something else. <laughs> we had never experienced anything like this. This was totally out of our our realm of comprehension and it was just there you yeah know? and then from there through the bus station with the dispute going on between a couple and it got quite loud and dramatic uh, on through the night then pushing a bus pushing a bus have can you conceive of such well a thing? even as you said that i thought that, well th i don't even know how that works yeah that a bus is so much bigger than a car and those are hard enough to push with, you know, two or three or four people pushing it. Uh, trying to push a bus seems ridiculous. It does, but that's our, that was but our what, option. What choice did you have? Exactly. It kind of goes back to that. You, you do the next thing that presents itself. Well, I have a question for you before I, I let you go. Yeah. Um, tell me, uh, in just a brief statement, what Christmas means to you. Uh Primarily, it means family, um, and that's what is the most important thing. It turns out at any time of the year, and uh, any kind of a situation going on, the family is the most important thing, and um, and that's it. Yeah. So you and previously Athena, Jade's daughter, who's four. And you're older than four by a year or two. Yeah. Um, you both agree. Family is the most important thing. Oh, well, yes, absolutely. <laughs> thanks for sharing your story with me. You're welcome, and thanks for talking with me. Absolutely. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> okay, tell me your name and where you live. Uh, my name is Sarah Crow, and I live in Hutchinson, Kansas. And you're the owner of Crow & Company cafe and bookstore yep. and that's where we're recording that today. is exactly where we're recording yeah all right well thank you for letting me do that absolutely tell me your christmas story um so obviously i've had a little while to think about it since you've been here most of the morning and um one of my favorite christmas memories actually um took place right as i was starting college um, i went to concordia college in moorhead minnesota for my first two years and Concordia is a huge music school, um, especially choral music. And um, I had never experienced a Christmas concert at Concordia before. And um, for the Christmas concert, they have, most of it happens in Moorhead, and then we do one in Orchestra Hall in Minneapolis. And um, our first rehearsal was with 300 almost professional choral singers and a full 
quasi-professional orchestra. Um, And we sang this piece called Night of Silence that is a combination of Silent Night and a more contemporary song. Um, And the first time we sang it, it was the first thing, it was kind of our warm-up song in the hall where we were singing in. Um, because it's actually a pretty easy song where choral music goes. Um, but the very last chorus of Silent Night is just the entire choir a cappella in this beautiful, resonant, empty hall. And the sound is like goosebumps on top of goosebumps. And it was literally one of the most one of the most holy Christmas moments I think I've ever experienced in my life. Um, Because all of these people are here and they're all united in making something absolutely resonant and beautiful. And um, yeah, it was was amazing. Um, This crystalline sound that you just don't think a human voice can make as it moves around the room and as 300 human voices move around the room, um, it was probably the most amazing choral experience of my life to hear that for the first time in the room that we would be performing it in and um, made me understand why it was literally the thing to be at. (laughs) Um, Because it, it was just, it was a moment. And then seeing the audience respond to it afterwards and the whole audience just gets covered in this moment of it's really a transformational moment that music brings to all of these people and yeah it was it was kind of hard to do in the best possible way the first time I did it I'm sure yeah um but yeah it was that is probably one of my favorite at least in my adult life one of my favorite Christmas memories was that first moment of performing that way. I can see why. You know, I kind of got chills as you were talking about it. I've, I've not been to that uh, performance, but in my life there's, there, I've been to a couple that are exactly what you described. It, 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 and I never thought about it that way until you just described it, but this idea of so many people in unison producing a sound, it's... Uh, it is. It makes it. It, it kind of it rattles your bones a little bit, and mm-hmm. it, it reminds you of the one of the that there are things much bigger than us, mm-hmm. but but also that that unison and that speaking as one voice is probably as close to the voice of God we humans can ever get. And the moment of just pure like grace and love in that in that room and in that space it just it felt like everything everything that is the best of the christmas story and everything that is the best of those promises of christmas um and yeah it's it's just an amazing amazing thing to witness and to live inside of and even just thinking about it's giving me chills again (laughs) but yeah that is that is probably one of my best moments both christmas and otherwise yeah oh absolutely great 
Well, I'll ask you a question that I've asked a, a few other people today. What does Christmas mean to you? Well, I guess, I guess it would come back to that. You know, this, this moment of people coming together and um, at its best, um, helping us to remember what love looks like. You know, Christmas is about love as a person. Love becoming a person. Yes. <laughs> and um, at its best, that's, those are the moments of Christmas of just feeling and being loved. And um, experiencing those moments and those, um, those realities that can take place. You know, I mean, Christmas can be hard for a lot of people, but at the same time, it's also, there's the opportunity for that, holding that space where we can remember to love each other. And those are the best things to, about Christmas for me. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing your story with me thank today. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Yes, and don't let me forget to take a picture of you also. Oh, I will. Yep. Okay. Um, I'll let you forget. I mean, no. Tell me your name and where you live. Uh, my name's Wesley Vaughn, and I live here in Hutchinson, Kansas. And you're on the Hutchinson Police Force, right? Yes. Okay. Yes, I am. What's your rank? Uh, I'm just an officer, but I've been around enough that uh, people still come to me for questions. Oh, so. yeah. Well, you want to tell me your Christmas story? Yeah, it was actually when I was with the Reno County Sheriff's Office. Um, at the time, we were just getting ready to get off, and this was Christmas Eve. Okay. And uh, we had this alert come out from over in Yoder area which is south of Hutchinson. And there was a child that was around like six or seven years old um, who had some issues uh, mentally, uh, but was a really sweet child. Uh, he had wandered off during this big Christmas Eve uh, dinner and all, everybody had been there, aunts, uncles, cousins, and, you know, the kid, you know, he was playing, you know, to his own self, and then he had just wandered off, and people didn't realize it until probably about an hour or so later. And again, my crew that I was working on, um, we were just getting ready to go off, go home, have our own little Christmas Eve get-together stuff. And this thing comes through, and none of us, and there was probably four officers that, uh, that day shift, none of us you know, said, okay, we're going to go home or we're going to rotate. We stayed on as night shift came on, and then we had other agencies from as far as uh, Derby show up to look for this little kid. Because, um, you know, if we don't find the kid, we're going to deal with the tragedy. Because yes. it was a cold uh, Christmas Eve. It had been a cold day, kind of like what we have today. Um, and uh, so we have all these cars. We have DOC, like I said, people from as far out as Derby PD, Wichita PD, Cedric County. Um, we had even people from Rice County come down to help. 
And one of the great things about working within Hatcher, Reno County is uh, the people uh, that live here because they also showed up mm-hmm. in droves. Not just the Mennonite community that lives down there, but we had people come in from Hutch because you know, they heard this go over um, and people that didn't even know anybody down that area showed up. The issue was, um, it was me and another officer, uh, Sergeant uh, Radke. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of the ones in charge for that day. <laughs> and for the first hour or so, we were ones getting everything sorted out, waiting for the sergeant to come on, uh, which was uh, Sergeant Rick Newton. Um, but, you know, it, it took a while for him to get all his gear on ahead of schedule to uh, help out. But we had several hundred people by the time uh, it got dark and we were just combing the area, driving around. Um, And uh, we were getting ready to go to a whole new section of the uh, town, uh, of that little area and that, and do the same thing. And we're talking going through fields, little cul-de-sacs uh anywhere that a little yeah kid any, could hide. yeah any place and uh this old cowboy he comes driving up in this old rattle trap truck uh and he comes up to the command base and said hey i found this kid he just walked into my house and uh he just started playing and uh it's it's our it's the kid that we're looking for and uh goes through the radio and everybody's hugging everybody you know high fives you know the sheriff had finally been able to got out because he had his own thing and sheriff henderson he had raced in and so had some a couple of the captains and uh there's at the time before we found out there was this stuff that gripped everybody like We've got to find this kid. And it was just as much, and sorry about the radio going on. It's part of the job. Um, uh, this relief, uh, it was as close as I'll ever probably, you know, that storybook Christmas spirit filling everybody. Um, that is my Christmas story. It's something that I'll never forget. Um I still see those guys, and we'll joke about it around this time. And actually, uh, this Sunday, when uh, we have our week, our our Sunday brunch with uh, SO, I'm sure this will come up again. Yeah. So that uh, you know, the thing I, about that, I, I can't imagine what that felt like. Like you guys, I can only imagine. Thought you know, like you said, we have to find this kid. There's mm-hmm. no choice, and you got all these people involved i bet there was a lot of emotion when when he turned up oh yeah 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 um you know it it was it was very emotional there was a lot of guy hugging you know and uh just whooping and hollering and everybody was it just made for a fantastic evening so and and also knowing that if you couldn't have found him that that it would have been a sad christmas for Mm -hmm. a lot of people most of all his family yeah yeah Yeah. um which is true no matter what but 
it was Christmas Eve of all the days for something like this to happen. Um, it had to be that day. Yeah. And so everything got heightened, you know, um, you know, like how Spinal Tap has, you know, turned to 11. 11. It was at 11. <laughs> <It was> 11. <laughs> so. Well, I want to ask you a question I've asked a couple of people today. Um, what does Christmas mean to you? Christmas means to me that in the dark, you know, because Christmas is usually the darkest, there's always going to be a little bit of light. Yeah. And that's what you need to grab onto. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing your story with me. Thanks for being a light in our community, and thanks for everything you do. Oh, no problem. I love doing this job. So, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you and everybody that's listening. Do you do you want to tell me what you like about Christmas? Like spending time with my family. Get real, get really close. You like spending time with your family? Yeah, I like spending time with my family. Yes. That's, and my, when, that's my favorite part of Christmas. I hope you enjoyed those as much as I did. I don't know what you heard or what you took away from those stories, but I'd love it if you'd take the time to send me a note or drop me a comment with your thoughts. For me, the themes that emerged from these stories were the light and the hope of the Christmas season. And that's most often found in the form of love for the people that we love and from those who love us. And if we have people that we can show love to and people who show us love, we are truly blessed in the, in the greatest way imaginable. And this season can remind us of all that love and all the good in our lives. But I also think it's important to remember that there are those for whom the Christmas holiday is a reminder of what they've lost and what they no longer have or maybe what they've never had. For them, the season is about how dreams have failed or how tragedy has altered their lives. For many of them, this holiday can be a dark reminder of the love they too often don't feel from this world. Christmas, to me, is about more than lighting those places that are already well lit. It's about shining light in the darkest of places and sharing hope that even in the darkest of times and in the darkest of places, there is always the light of hope. Thanks to my friends, my family, and so many people in my community and my state, I feel that light now and many times throughout the year. And I hope that no matter who you are, where you are, or what place you're at, I hope you can see that light as well. And I hope you have a Merry Christmas. Thank you.